You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Greeks Gridiron. It is August 19th, 2021. We are getting ourselves set for week two of the NFL's 2021 preseason. A lot of things to get into with you guys. So, we're going to jump right in the thick of things, but before we do, just a quick reminder, if you are not already watching us on YouTube, remember this is a visual podcast, so if you're just a listener somewhere else, check us out on YouTube, see what we got going on over here, you're missing out on half the show, and if you're already here, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, we just surpassed 150 subs not too long ago, so I'm hoping we can hit 200 maybe before the season or maybe a little bit afterwards, but hopefully sooner than later, so let's get into things, shall we? The first thing that we're going to be kind of going over, these are just like key points that I have in mind as we go into this second week, things that I'm going to be watching personally myself that I think will be worth watching. Uh, And the first thing that we're going to discuss is wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper has been missing in action, obviously, for the last handful of however long now. Um, Coming back from an ankle surgery, devastating injury, but he is good to go. It sounds like he's been practicing this week be it a little bit limited early in the week and things getting a little bit better as we've gone through. Uh, It sounds like based off the workload he had yesterday, there is potential for him to be playing this weekend, which is pretty exciting stuff. Um, Hopefully everything works out well for him and he's able to actually get some reps in, knock off some of that rust because it would be unfortunate if he has any setbacks going through the next few days and then not being able to play this weekend. I would really like to see him play. He's one of the elite wide receivers in the league and having him back and playing is only good for the league. There's no real negatives for unless you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but you're playing in the NFC East. Um, And then also just like a quick side note for the Cowboys, if you have not been following what's going on with them, it sounds like Dak Prescott is not going to be playing this weekend, which is pretty unfortunate for the Cowboys, you know, and I know Dak Prescott's probably not happy based off what I've seen from his hard knock stuff. But um, it sounds like he's not going to be there. Amari Cooper potentially will be. So I mean, it takes you know you win some you lose some what can you really do but first thing i'm keeping my eye on amari cooper and seeing if he gets some play time in this weekend the second thing that i have pegged here that i think is pretty significant is the quarterback battle that's going on in denver right now vic fangio earlier this week said himself that there's a possibility after this game he names a number one quarterback for the team uh as far as from what i've seen so far and read so far Things have been pretty neck and neck. I don't know if maybe he's seeing things a little bit differently. Obviously, he's the head coach. He's there every single day. I'm just reading and and viewing whatever it is that is available to me as a podcaster myself. So from what I have noted, um, just from like this past week, they both had really solid games uh, and from what I was reading heading into the first week of preseason, they were pretty neck and neck. And then when you look at the numbers here for the game itself, uh, you know, Drew Locke, five for seven, 151 yards, two touchdowns, 153.3 QBR. Bridgewater sitting at seven for eight, 74 yards, a touchdown, 144.8. Both of the quarterbacks had really solid outings, in my opinion. Drew Locke really showed off his arm strength, which is basically like his biggest upside Teddy Bridgewater more so like the, the the you know the slice and dice you know really on target type of quarterback that you expect from him you know just consistently moving the ball down the field in his opportunities as well so I'm very curious to see where this all shakes out I think ultimately what it's going to boil down to is just a matter of who outplays the other maybe this week and if Vic Fangio maybe has already had something in mind Uh, If I was to pick one, in my opinion, I have a feeling it's going to be Drew Locke. I understand that they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, but 
just based off like the stat line from last week, it, it, it a little bit favors Drew Locke just because of the, you know, the, the really low percentage of throws and also the massive numbers he was able to pull out of that. But you never really know. Ultimately, for you Broncos fans, I don't want to say that there's really a right or wrong answer between either of these two guys going into week one. I think what it's going to boil down to ultimately is just seeing whoever ends up being the starter, how well things go for them. Either you're going to go with Teddy Ridgewater or Drew Locke in week one, and they're going to fizzle out, and the other person is going to be the option to come come in, and maybe they'll even fizzle out as well. Hopefully not. I think you guys have two serviceable quarterbacks there, but... You know, I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer. And I don't think anyone can really sit there and say, like, you ha- you should be going with either or the other. I think it's a very close neck and neck race. I think Vic Fangio and the staff there thinks that as well. But very curious to see if they end up coming up with a starter heading into week three of the preseason, which is, if you didn't know, the last week of the preseason this year. There's only three weeks now. So this is kind of like the dress rehearsal game. So this is pretty important. And also, I think who Denver starts will kind of give you a little bit of an idea as to who they're leaning towards as being the starter for week one. Now, another thing that I have kind of sticking on the topic of quarterbacks here in mind is just how do the rookie quarterbacks fare going into the second week of preseason? Um, Overall, all five of them had a pretty solid day. Justin Fields, I think, in my opinion, really stood above the rest there. But I mean... Everyone looked pretty good or good as advertised when the opportunities were there for them. The three quarterbacks that I have to my uh, left here, if you're looking on the screen, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, they didn't get the starts with the number ones. This is something that I'm hoping to see this week as well. Uh, I just mentioned previously a second ago, it is like technically the week three of what preseason used to be. So this is kind of a dress rehearsal game, but I don't think every single team is looking at it like that. I think some teams may view the third week of preseason as a dress rehearsal and then just go into the season as opposed to like week three and then having the fourth preseason like we used to. But I would like to see some of these rookies over here on my left actually get some time with the ones and see how they fare. Mac Jones looked really good. Obviously, he was playing against backups. I would love to see him go. Justin Fields really lit it up. So I want to see if he can capture that magic with the first team as well. And, you know, Trey Lance, he had some good plays. He also had a lot of incompletions. And I'm sure that Kyle Shanahan is, you know, somewhere in the back of his mind thinking, man, I really want to see how Trey Lance does with those ones against, you know, potentially playing against starters this week himself. So something to keep an eye on. I really, really hope that all three of these guys, though, get an opportunity with the ones. Zach Wilson and Lawrence obviously did because they don't have veteran competition. Uh, But, you know, Andy Dalton said something this week about it being his time, and I don't really buy that. And then, you know, I don't really buy Trey Lance not ending up being the starter sooner rather than later over in San Francisco. And the way it sounds from all the like sports networks that I'm listening to here in the New England area, it, from what it sounds like, everyone almost feels like there's a reason Brian Hoyer is still on the team, and it's going to end up being that Cam Newton ends up being the odd man out, and he's going to either want to get released, retired, traded, whatever it may be. And so that's why there's three quarterbacks on the roster as opposed to two. Now, granted, the Patriots usually carry three going through this time of year. But again, it just, you know, Brian Hoyer is like the clipboard guy in New England. He was there for a bunch of Super Bowls and all that good stuff. Tom Brady has praised him for what he does as the backup. So interesting stuff there. And I'm very curious to see how that all ends up shaking out for them over in New England. Now, 
Next thing on the list, and this is probably my last like point of interest that I have, is Joe Burrow. And if he ends up playing this weekend, it sounds like there's a possibility that he might. NFL Network did a thing where they were looking at things to watch, and one of the things they brought up was Joe Burrow. I've read some Cincy stuff, and it sounds like there might be a possibility there. We've been seeing Joe Burrow do his thing in training camp, and he's been in practice, and he's been active doing stuff. Uh, he's been throwing the football. Uh, you know, I, Joe Burrow came out of college and he was as good as advertised in my opinion. I mean, he was killing it with those 300 yard games last season before he went down in week 11. And you know, the date that I have to my left here, the last time that he got to play a snap of actual football with the Bengals. So in my opinion, if he's good to go, let the kid play. He needs to knock off some of that rust. He needs to get himself comfortable on the field. This is a really good time to do so. Let him play and let him play as long as he feels comfortable with, you know, obviously there's always the risk of an injury, but, and you don't really want Joe Burrow going down in the preseason due to anything crazy, but he does need a little bit of playing time. You definitely want to get him in there with the ones in some live game action and just see how he looks and see how he feels going through the game. You And one of the big things that I think I always see or listen to or hear about from players is like coming back from an injury. You always want to be able to take that first like hit or two just so you can be like, Oh, all right. Like I didn't just like self-destruct here. I'm good to go. Like I keep playing football. And I think that every single player has mentioned that being a big part of the return to process is like taking that first hit or two and realizing, okay, like I can play football again. So definitely want to see Joe Burrow play this weekend. Really hope we get to see him play because my God, was he looking good last year and it hurt for since I hurt for Cincinnati (laughs) seeing him go down in week 11 last year. Now, Pushing that stuff aside, what we're going to talk about next, uh, I labeled this kind of like my units to watch segment. And the first unit that we're going to start with here is the Minnesota Vikings. I have four different teams that I'm kind of keeping my eye on with specific things that I think we need to see some improvement from. Uh, The Vikings defense. I understand a lot of backups are playing last week. So it's not really indicative of what's going on. But depth is important, especially on defense. And from what we got... They were torched by Bridgewater and Locke. I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Like, if you combine their numbers total, I mean, they're looking at over 200 yards and three touchdowns between the two quarterbacks combined going up against that Vikings secondary, and that was a weak point for them. Again, I understand it's not the starters, but it is, you know, your you know, your third, fourth, or even in some cases, second guy up for those positions. And I mean, injuries happen, rotation happens. And the last thing you want is like those big plays that they got burned for to be what's happening in the season as well, whenever your starters are being spelled out for a play or two. So, um, and honestly, the way I look at the Minnesota Vikings going into this year, and I've talked about this with a lot of Minnesota Viking fans, if you have not seen my AF, uh, excuse me, NFC North divisional preview for this season video, I mean, that thing got almost like 2000 views and I had a lot said to me from Vikings fans about the list and everything. And I've had conversations with a few of them. And the way I see it is Minnesota will go as far as his defense lets them. Minnesota is a playoff contender. In my opinion, they could definitely be a Super Bowl contender if they're able to fix their defense. And, and, you know, Danielle Hunter's coming back, you know, so there's some strong opportunity there for them. It's just a matter of this team goes as far as the defense does. They were not good in the passing game last year, averaging almost 400 yards a game. And that's probably the biggest thing that they need to work on. And it did not look good based off last week. So that's the first unit that I'm going to be keeping an eye on and seeing how, if any starters end up playing, how they end up performing going into week number two. The second unit I have on my list here is the Giants offensive line. They played pretty much four of their five starters for a bulk of the game last week. And, you know, things did not look good. That that's pretty much all I have to say about that. They allowed 
few like a lot of pressures, few sacks, and you know, I think the problem here is it's like it's a it's a do or die year for Daniel Jones in this regime. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley is also coming back off of a big injury. There's a lot of really good skill talent in New York, and the defense was really good last year. So. If things can be put together on offense, again, the Giants are another team that could be a playoff contender, but that offensive line really struggled during their three series last week, and I mean, they were the number 31 ranked O-line last year, and the way that looked, it did not look like it was much better. Um, I th- I forget who it was, but somebody ranked them at 32, downgrading them this year to like the worst line going into the league and league league year. And at first, I wasn't sure, but now after seeing that, you know, Giants fans, listen, I, you know, you guys can be really, really good. That offensive line though is gonna be uh, the reason you struggle if you end up struggling this season, and that's just kind of how I look at that. So keep an eye on them this week. See if there's any improvements made. I know that you know they were not thrilled with the offensive line play over in New York last week, so hopefully things improve. Maybe they look a little bit better. I'm assuming they're gonna get a lot more playing time to really kind of work out whatever kinks it is that they're dealing with over in New York. Now, the third unit that I have in mind here is going to be the Saints offense. Now, the Saints offense is looking at massive turnover this year. Drew Brees is obviously gone. Jameis Winston, um, Taysom Hill, and then Ian Book are the three quarterbacks that are in rotation right now. I don't really think Ian Book is you know pushing for playtime or anything like that. But all three quarterbacks threw an interception last week. Then to top it off, we had three fumbles from running backs and Michael Thomas is not coming back at any time soon and potentially even beyond his injury time. Cause it sounds like he does not want to be in new Orleans anymore. There was a lot of turnover with the roster, you know, so there's a lot of issues going on. You still have bright spots. The offensive line is still really good. Kamara is obviously still there. So there are some things to be happy with. And some of the wide receivers were looking really good. Um, but it, you know, you can't replace Michael Thomas and the quarterbacks haven't really separated themselves in any manner. So keep an eye on the offense for the saints. Hopefully things get a little bit better. Running backs need to hang on to the football quarterbacks need to make better decisions. Um, You know, at first I was, you know, I was saying early on, I really thought this was Jameis Winston's job to lose. But now at this point, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I still think that Jameis Winston ends up being the starter, but I mean, if he has a really bad week and Taysom Hill looks even a little bit better, I would be surprised, but I, Taysom Hill has a shot at the job. And I mean, we'll see what Ian book ends up doing on the team. If he even ends up making the final roster, if he just gets brought to the practice squad, but we'll talk about that. If we end up getting into that scenario right now, it's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and things did not look great going into the first week of the preseason. The last thing that I have is the Colts quarterback room. Carson Wentz is out with an injury. I was reading that supposedly there's potential for him to be coming back week one along with Quentin Nelson, who they both got the same surgeries pretty much like days apart, not even like two days apart, something like that. Uh, Eason looked like, you know, the pocket passer that they expected him to be, the, you know, the kind of guy that sits in the pocket and does his thing, uh, held onto the ball a little bit too long here and there. Ellinger is more of like a, he makes things happen with his legs. You know, the pocket breaks down. He can kind of go on the move and make some solid throws. He looked good. There were some ups and downs with him as well. Um, I don't really know. There's a lot of good things being said about Ellinger coming out of the Colts camp. And then I feel like more said about him than Eason. 
And from the way Frank Reich is talking over there, it, it, there's, it doesn't seem like there's like one above the other. I'm assuming they're going to be splitting reps fairly evenly again this week. Um, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be back week one. And the way I look at it is they're, they're auditioning for a starting job, maybe week one and two or more. But I mean, I, I have, I don't know. I just don't think that the way the timeline was set up, like it's like three to eight weeks or something or five to eight weeks. I don't remember. I think it was three to eight weeks. I'm having a hard time believing it's going to be closer to three than eight. I think Wentz might be missing for a week or two. So unless, you know, he really has a good rehab and is able to get himself rolling again. But a big part of Wentz's game is his mobility. If he's not able to move, I don't think the Colts should rush him back. I would rather them not have him play the first two weeks or something and then have him fully healthy and playing the remainder of the season if that's possible. So things to look at. Colts quarterback room. Vikings defense, Giants O-line, Saints offense. Let me know if you guys are looking at any specific units, points of interest yourselves. Please let me know in the comment section down below. Now, next thing, notable injuries to keep an eye on. This is stuff that I was kind of tracking as we went through the week and some names popped up for me. Uh, Jordan Love, shoulder. Sounds like he's not going to play. It's very unlikely. He's been dealing with an issue. The Packers are, had some quarterbacks come in during the week to kind of be bodies for the for uh, practice and everything. Uh, but it sounds like he is not going to be playing this week, which unfortunate for him considering he had a pretty strong week one. Tevin Jenkins is undergoing back surgery, offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears. This one really hurts, in my opinion. Tevin Jenkins, from what it sounded like, was looking really good leading into the preseason. Everyone was saying good things about him. Chicago has basically reworked their offensive line for this season, and I really thought that he would be a solid piece to have there protecting Andy Dalton and then into Justin Fields or Justin Fields if he just runs away with the number one job. But that's going to really hurt Chicago. And Chase Claypool. This is another one as well. It's funny because Pittsburgh seems to be like the wide receiver university. They just draft good wide receivers, and they always have other people to replace with. Uh he missed practice Wednesday. I don't know if he's going to miss anything this week, but just something to keep an eye on. Washington did come out earlier this week saying that he wants to prove a point that he is worthy of being on this team. Uh, some rumors are coming out. He wanted to be traded. I think it was last week that that came out. So stuff to keep an eye on there as well. Maybe he gets a little bit more playing time, a little bit more of an opportunity to find a role in the offense that he feels he deserves. Dak Prescott, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, probably not going to play this Saturday with his shoulder issue. Uh, Sertain ended up with like a lower body injury. I couldn't find a detail on that. It just said lower body extremity or something like that. Everywhere I looked, he missed practice Wednesday. Uh, I would assume Denver ops with just not having him play this week. He looked really good week one. You don't want to risk any injury. And I, the way I see it is certain is one of the like more sure, or if not the most sure product in the draft, he's as good as advertised just based off his play in week one and just how well he looked playing through college as well. I really think certain is the real deal for them. You don't want to risk him getting hurt further by playing too early. Let him sit the week, continue to do what he's been doing as he preps for the actual season. Maybe have him play in week three. If you want to give him a little bit more playing time before the actual season kicks off. Safety Grant Delpit, uh, he's dealing with a hammy issue. He left practice on Wednesday. I, apparently, he re-aggravated the injury, so it's not some, it's something that he's been dealing with and that I guess they thought he was good to go and then obviously was not. Probably somebody who's going to end up missing the game then if he's re-aggravating an injury. This is one of those things where it's, you know, air on the side of caution, have him sit out. That's something to keep an eye on. Robbie Anderson has a hammy injury as well, Carolina wide receiver. That's another thing to look at, see who gets more playing time. I believe um, DJ Moore is also dealing with something as well. I think I forgot to write his name on my list here that's something significant and then also Trent Williams the tackle for 
San Francisco. He, I think, is going to be missing time. He's kind of day by day right now, but the way I see it, he is like a highly paid number one left tackle. Do not rush him back. You don't need him to be playing in the preseason anyways. So I think just you know let him rest, let him do his thing, and have him ready to go for week one of the season. There's no reason for San Francisco to be risking anything with him at all. He is the blindside guy period, end of conversation. So those are a few notable injuries that I have for you guys to keep an eye on. Let's see if it affects any players, maybe getting more play time, or maybe some of these guys even end up playing despite the injuries. Things to just kind of watch as the games roll through these next few days. Now, last thing that I have for you guys before we wrap up today's show, and I send you off for the Pats-Eagles game later on tonight at, I believe it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. I have my games to watch list. So if you're looking over here on my left-hand side, I have four different games picked out that I have my eye on specifically. I'll be looking forward to watching. First one on the list is the game for tonight. You have New England at Philadelphia. Um, You know, you have obviously the Mac Jones, Cam Newton thing going on. A lot of new players for New England on offense. I think that for anybody who enjoys just football in general, this is a good game to watch and just kind of really take a look at the pieces that they have in New England and how well are things going. And then on the flip side of thing for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts back again, hopefully getting to play some more reps in, get more comfortable with the number one offense and, you know, ready himself to be the starter for week one for Philadelphia. I I feel like for... Philadelphia for Miami for I guess Denver would be another team I'd throw in that list there's like a Watson cloud kind of hanging over because there's like the potential trade of Deshaun Watson looming over and some stuff was brought up I guess earlier this week about the FBI being involved in his investigation aside from all of that um, you know, if he gets traded, I feel like it's probably in like one of those three teams, maybe another team, like, I guess the Raiders was like another one that was potential, but I don't know about that one. I don't think that would be the move. And I know he has a choice as well. I think again, Denver is where he wants to go. If he gets traded from what it sounds like he's told Kareem Jackson himself, himself that, but a lot <laughs> moving away from all that rampling there. Um, I'm excited to see Hertz play. I don't think that Philadelphia is really going to go after him. So I, I'm assuming that Hertz is going to be the number one guy. Good opportunity to watch him play and work with the first team and see how things work out there. The second game that I have on this list, we have Tennessee at Tampa Bay. Uh, this is just two potential heavyweights going at it. These are both like, these are Super Bowl contenders right here, especially with the addition of Julio Jones over there in Tennessee. Uh, you know, so you got the preview of two really big heavyweights in their respective conferences. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady's going to be playing this week. I might have read that somewhere. I should have double-checked that, but I want to say that he's not going to be playing this week. I think Kyle Trask is going to be getting the green light to start. But nonetheless, a little bit of a preview there. Exciting stuff. Uh, The next game that I have on the list, third one down, San Francisco at LAC, so the Chargers. Uh, will ta- will uh, Trey Lance get, one, an opportunity to start, and two, stake a claim to maybe be the quarterback one going into week one of the actual season? And then obviously you get to see a little bit more of Herbert and the new head coach, Brandon Staley, doing their thing over there. I'm very excited for Herbert and the Chargers, you know, with the new, uh, new the, just like the new regime there to kind of help lead him into the future of his career. I think things are really looking up. They have a really good opportunity to make a leap here and at least fight for maybe the seven, six seed in the playoffs, something like that. Maybe even better if they really put things together and surprise everybody. But on the San Francisco side of things, obviously Trey Lance, I want to see him be successful. I want him to do really well. I, I'm, If you have not watched this show before and this is the first time you're watching or if you are a longtime viewer, you know I am a quarterback guy. I love seeing quarterbacks be successful in the league. 
And, you know, I'm really excited about this draft class of top five QBs because they all have such good potential. And I also feel like they all landed in places that are going to allow them to be really successful. So I'm very excited for this group and I want to see them all thrive into the league because it almost feels like there's an old guard leaving, new guard coming in type thing with quarterbacks. Like Roethlisberger is close to being done. Brady, Rodgers almost retired going into this year. From what he was saying, he was like 50-50 on it. A lot of the older guys starting to you know move on out. Phillip Rivers is gone now. Drew Brees is gone now. I want to see these new guys come in here and really you know strike lightning in a bottle. Then the last team game or team game. What am I saying here? The last game that I have in mind is Baltimore at Carolina. This one more specifically for the quarterbacks more than anything else. Lamar Jackson is going to finally get his first play time of the year. He missed last week due to the COVID protocols. So exciting stuff to see him get to play, knock off some of the rust and get that Baltimore offense rolling. And then on the Carolina flip side of things, you get to see Sam Darnold make his debut over there for the Panthers. That's going to be exciting as well. Obviously the Panthers trading a, a decent amount of uh, a decent little haul there to get Sam Darnold in over on the team and shipping out Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm pretty excited to see how those two teams play out. I want to see Sam Darnold do really well over there. I, you know, a lot of people seem to think he's very talented. It would suck for Carolina if they got rid of Bridgewater and then ended up bringing in Sam Darnold and he was only as good as he was in New York. But I, it sounds like people seem to believe Sam Darnold is a legit guy and that he's going to do well in a system like that they have in Carolina. So that remains to be seen. We'll have to keep an eye on that and see how he does in his first game as a Panther. But... That is everything I have prepared for you guys today. I appreciate you all for hanging out. Again, remember, if you enjoy the show, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. I appreciate you all. Comment in the comment section down below. I love talking with you guys about things that I go over, whether you agree or disagree. As long as you're being cool about it, there's no reason to fire shots. Like Just conversation. Discuss why. If, you, if your opinion is completely different than mine or we're on the opposite ends of something, let me know what you think. I'm never just going to shut somebody down for it. But I mean, if you're just going to go wrong, of course I'm going to shut you down. Get out of here with your wrong opinion. But that is all I got for you guys. Thank you all for watching. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and have a good week too. Um, I might catch you guys with a video this weekend. I'm not 100% sure yet. I, the plan is if I have time to get another video out for you guys this weekend, it won't be anything like game related. It just might be a little video of a top five or something like that. We'll kind of see what time allows for me to do for you guys. But if not, I'll catch you guys next week with our week two roundup. Have a good rest of your Thursday afternoon and I'll see you guys next time.